You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. I do want to start by saying thank you for um, those of you that participated last week in the installation service. I am um, so humbled at that time together and so grateful to be part of this church family, to serve alongside you. And I am looking so forward to how God is going to continue to work at Roswell Presbyterian in the future. And so I'm looking forward to doing that with you all. Now, as you know, we have been doing our sermon series on the book of Revelation. And last Sunday, Jeff preached a fantastic sermon about the power of dreams. And dreams are powerful. And he shared last week that Courtney, his wife, had gotten mad at him because of a dream she had. (laughs) Turns out, Courtney is not the only one that gets mad at Jeff in dreams. The Saturday before confirmation, I'd gone to bed and I had a dream that Jeff preached a sermon. It was great. And then he finished the service. He stopped confirmation. He didn't allow it to happen. And he came down in the dream and he said to me, I mean, are you mad? And I, in my dream, I was fuming and then I woke up. Luckily, that did not come true in real life, but I did make sure to tell Jeff that Sunday when I got to church, you better not forget about confirmation. I will be mad. But dreams are certainly powerful. There's something else that I find really powerful, maybe even more than dreams. They're stories. I think stories are so powerful. I love a good story. I love to read books. Jason and I were just uh, going to the beach. This was a couple weeks ago, and I had three new books to read. We were going to leave on Thursday. On Wednesday, I had already finished the first one. So I made a promise to myself and to Jason that I was going to, because when I get into a book, I'm no help to anyone. Uh, I made a promise that I was going to put them away and save them. And I wanted to prolong the story. I wanted to be able to enjoy them on the vacation. And so I love fiction stories. I love reading nonfiction. But my very favorite kind of stories are the stories of others. Getting to hear other people's stories. Getting to hear who they are. How they came to be where they are. Their goals, their dreams, even their heartaches. It's such a privilege when someone shares their story with you. And I have some stories to share with you today. Now, the first story I have is a story you all know, and it is trustworthy and true. This story has a clear beginning, middle, and end, and for all the teachers out there, I know you like that, but unfortunately, I'm going to go out of order, so I'm sorry. This story, this story is so complex that we tell it over and over again. And each time we learn new things, each time we're reminded of important truths, the story stands the test of time. It's a love story. 
It's a story of suffering and pain. It's a story with unimaginable twists and turns. And it's got a really fabulous ending. Best of all, you and I are part of this story. This is a story of God's people and God's love that will not let go. So we will begin at the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. God created day and night and sky and water. God created land and plants and vegetables and trees. God created animals to live in the sky and on sea and on land. Then God created humankind in God's very own image. And friends, you know that it was good, so very good. And our scripture today tells us the ending, and it's glorious. I'm going to read it to you, and you'll remember at the beginning of the sermon series, Dan Christ preached, and he had us do this very weird, not Presbyterian-like thing, and close our eyes for the scripture reading. I did it. I humored him. And then I was reading this passage, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so good if we read it with our eyes closed and we really imagine these words, what's happening in the text. So we're going to pray, and then I'm going to invite you to once again close your eyes as we read the text. But before we read, let us go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Holy and wonderful God, creator of all good things, we come to, before you this morning seeking your wisdom, seeking your guidance, your love, and your mercy. Open our hearts, God. Help us to hear where you are speaking, to see where you're leading. And Lord, help us to follow your direction. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I would invite you now to close your eyes for the reading of Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Listen now for the word of our Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may open your eyes. 
How amazing is this passage? I think a lot of times when we think of heaven, we think of uh, physical things, like a, a golden road, and we think of the colors and the singing. And on earth, we have places that we like to think of as little slices of heaven, things that remind us of God's glory. And, and so often they are very physical. Maybe it's the mountains or the beach or the lake those little slices of heaven. But what I love about this passage is it doesn't tell us so much about the physical, but it definitely tells us about what the experience of heaven is like. In the passage, God completely transforms a broken world into a fully healed world. There will be no tears, no pain, no evil. God will dwell with God's people. And in this passage, it's the ending or maybe the new beginning because it's unlike now. Heaven will descend to earth. It will be a new creation. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. The brokenness is gone forever. Heaven and earth will no longer be separate realities, but one new creation where God and God's people dwell together. It's described as a city, and I think this is really interesting, right? Because a city is where people are all together. They're dwelling and they're working, and they depend on one another. This is what this new city in heaven is going to look like. And people are going to live together harmoniously. And this passage tells us something a little odd. It tells us that the sea is no more. Now, I will tell you, I am one of those people when I describe like a slice of heaven— the beach is my slice of heaven. So I read this and I was like, oh, God, what do we mean? Um, but what I will tell you is that the sea referenced here is not the normal sea that we think of. Many scholars believe that this is the sea that represents the sea that was in Genesis, that chaos came out of, which evil came out and threatened all of creation. In this city, there is no chaos. There's no separation of people. And in this city, there is no evil, no fighting. God and humans live in harmony with another, one another. We will live together in God's home for eternity. Oftentimes, we hear this passage at funerals, and it makes sense because this passage gives us hope of what heaven is like. It gives us hope when we are grieving the loss of someone we love, that they are dwelling with God, that they are experiencing this. This is a passage of hope and of comfort. It certainly is for me. My grandmother died on Christmas day of 2020 and today would have been her 90th birthday. And I am confident that she and my granddaddy are celebrating in heaven, that they are experiencing wholeness and they are joyously together with Jesus. And this passage gives me hope that one day this will be the only reality. So here we have it, a beautiful beginning and an even better ending. So shouldn't the middle be the same? Well, we haven't gotten to the ending yet. And as people that are right with me in the middle, I don't have to tell you 
that the middle is messy. The middle is definitely chaotic. The middle is hard. The middle is weird. It's the already, but the not yet. The middle is both good and bad, both peaceful and chaotic. It's all of these things. But the good news is that the heart of the middle is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When sin entered the Garden of Eden and humans didn't follow God's will, we became separated from God. The world was utterly broken. But through Jesus's life and death and resurrection, because of his great love for us, we are now reconciled to God through the Holy Spirit. Through Christ, our worlds have overlapped. There's still brokenness, but at the very same time, there is great hope. So where does that leave us as people in the middle? Do we just sit around and wait for the end? Absolutely not. While this passage is certainly one of comfort, and it is certainly one of hope, it is a call to faithful discipleship as well. Because of Jesus, we read this passage and know that this can be our reality one day. And what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to be living Christ-like lives. So we know we're not at the end yet, but through Christ, God will work in us and through us to still bring about transformation and love and peace in our broken world. And as disciples, we need to not only continue to share this story, the true good news of what life is like with Jesus, but we must also be committed to allowing Christ to do new things in us, to allow Christ to be the center of each of our stories so that we might be able to proclaim God's love and God's glory in our actions and words, even when there's chaos bringing more of God's heavenly kingdom to earth. As followers of Christ, we are called to be people that do not tear down God's creation, but rather care for the beautiful creation, the earth and all that's in it, including one another. This means that we are called to build each other up to bear one another's burdens, to promote peace, extend grace, and most of all, we're called to love one another, even when we disagree. And I would offer that one of the greatest ways to do that is to share our stories and listen to others' stories to share how God has been shaping us and forming us, to listen to those stories that others have too. I will tell you that so often when I hear someone share their story with me, I understand them on a deeper level. I understand what their joys are and their pains are. I often understand or better understand their actions or even maybe their words. I will tell you that I often see new perspectives and learn new things. And when I listen to people's stories, 
hear how God has worked in their life, my heart is also softened. And I feel like I can love them better. Listening to others' stories reminds me that we are all part of this much bigger story and that God is working in ways that we can't even possibly fathom or imagine and that God's love will not let us go. Recently, I've had the privilege of hearing some stories that have done just that, and I wanna share a few of them with you. So as I mentioned, a few weeks ago, Jason and I went to the beach. It was a work trip for him. It was more like a spa trip for me. It's great. It was a conference, and they had a keynote speaker, and um, the spouses were invited to come listen. Now, the, the keynote speaker is probably someone that many of you, especially us being here in Georgia, will recognize. He probably needs no introduction. It was former college football coach Mark Richt. Now, I said this in the first service, and then I thought, maybe I shouldn't say it again. Now I've already started. I'm not a UGA fan, and so I'm sorry don't hold it against me. But I have long been a fan of Coach Richt. He is godly and faithful. He works hard. If you've heard him speak, you know he has a strong work ethic, always finishing the drill. So during this conference, conference Coach shared parts of his story. He shared how he accepted Christ in 1986 and that since then, it has been the focal part of his life. His faith is what guided his every decision and continues to do so. His faith is what guided his leadership and his coaching. Now, I should point out that this was not a faith-based conference. It was a highway contractors convention. But Coach Richt was boldly sharing his story, not watering it down or changing it for others. He shared how he'd lied down on a hotel floor praying, how he'd almost given into fear and not taken the Georgia coaching job. He shared when he made mistakes. He shared awesome moments and times of joy. And he shared that God was right there with him every step of the way. Coach also shared in 2019 that he was working out at the gym and he started to not feel well, but like he does, he finished the drill. It turns out he was having a heart attack. And he describes remembering when everything went black and he thought that it was his time. And he had complete peace. He was ready because he knows and relies on God's heavenly promises. And I thought to myself, that's how I want my faith to be. I want to have faith as the focal part of my life so that even in the face of death, I can rest in God's peace. Now, Coach obviously ended up healing, but he realized that he had a wake-up call. He'd been going too hard and needed to make some changes so that he could continue living the life God has called him to. There were a million parts of Coach's story that I learned from. 
But the bottom line is he shared about the God that loves him and the God that he loves. And this God loves him and will never let him go. It was truly impactful. I will tell you that afterwards we were chatting and I mentioned that I would be sharing this in a sermon and how powerful it was. And he said, let me tell you, you should hear me really preach. So maybe one day. The next story is the story of George Matheson. Well, George Matheson grew up in Scotland. And as a teenager, he learned that his eyesight was deteriorating. So instead of giving up hope, he decided to go to university and to pursue his studies quickly. He graduated from university at the age of 19. He wasn't done then. He wanted to get a graduate degree, so he, he applied and got into graduate school and studied Christian studies. Now, during this time, his sight was going quickly. And so his sisters actually learned Greek and Hebrew so that they could help him with his studies. I will tell you, I do not think I am that good of a sister. But also during this time, he got engaged. Well, fast forward, he finishes graduate school. And his fiance decided that she did not want to be married to a blind man. So she gave back the ring. He was completely heartbroken. His sisters went on to get engaged and married, and while he was so excited for them, he was still heartbroken, wrestling with this love that was lost. And so he turned to God. That is what consoled him. He realized that God's love would never let him go. So even though there might be heartbreak on earth, he could always rely on God's love. And so he, he went and put these words to music. And it's a hymn that we'll sing later on in the service. He wrote these words on June 6th in 1882. And that is so powerful to me that 139 years ago, God used this heartbreak to show God's love and that this man rested in God's love and shared that story with others through music. And it's still being heard today, still reminding people about God's love and that God's love will not let us go. The last story is a little closer to home. It's actually a few stories in one. Monday night, I had the privilege of sitting in these pews to listen to our new class of elders share their statements of faith. And these aren't just statements about what they believe. They're their faith stories the stories of how they came to be where they are now, how God had worked in their lives. Hearing their stories was an absolute gift and certainly inspired me. I heard stories of growing up in broken homes and questioning God. I heard stories of babies being born and other miracles. I heard stories of being in a church that was not always loving and how hard that was to navigate. I heard stories of receiving extremely difficult diagnoses. I heard stories of wandering from faith 
I heard stories of tragic accidents. I heard stories of people that would carry the faith for others when someone could not carry it on their own. I heard stories of worrying for children. I heard stories of learning how to understand and see God at work in the chaos. I heard stories of heartbreak and sadness and challenge. But even more than that, through them all, I heard stories of hope and faith and most of all stories of God's love that did not let a single one of those people go. And that love will not let any one of us go, no matter where we are. I heard these stories, but I want to be real. It's not always easy to tell these stories. So many of those people who got up here said, I don't know how you do this every week. Or they, they didn't want to speak in front of people. It can be terrifying to tell your story, to be vulnerable with others. But I will tell you that those people who've answer, answered the call to serve and answered the call to share their stories of how God had worked in their lives so faithfully, they made an impact. I know that I left there and so many others left there changed for the better because they shared their stories of faith. And God used their stories in unbelievable ways ways we probably don't even know. And I would encourage you to share your stories, to share your stories with your neighbors and friends and to listen to stories, to share how God's been at work in your life, even when it's uncomfortable or makes you a little vulnerable because stories are powerful. And we are part of the greatest story of all time. The story of God who lovingly created us, who because of the sacrificial love of Jesus promises to be with us in the messy middle and who provides eternal hope for us with the promise of a new heaven and new earth. So let us go out and share this story through our stories, proclaiming the good news that God's love will never let us go. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.